0: the ox. It's time for Beat Talk. Welcome to Beat Talk, the podcast where two friends who met in high school drumline talk music from the drummer's perspective. I'm Bren, and I'm David. And in this episode of Beat Talk, we're going to talk about our music listening experience in quarantine and all things Bill Clinton swag.
1: Let's go. I think this one literally, I mean, what we could do is we could do like the meat of it is like what we use. And then like we could add, you know, we could add an intro later if if we like like the stuff we talk about and
0: how it goes. (laughs) Cool. Okay. For this first one, then let's just, let's just talk for a second about who we are sure and how we know each other yeah and why we feel like we're qualified in any way to talk about music okay i like that okay so i am bren bren borer and i'm here with david mccain and we are i don't know where we're, we're friends. We've been friends for a really long time. We've been friends since freshman year of high school.
1: Yes, we met in the drum line. So that tells you anything
0: about our title of the show mm-hmm. right yeah, there. Exactly, exactly. So, So the title of the show is Beat Talk and it's based on the fact that we're both drummers and that a lot of the foundation of our friendship originally was that we had a similar kind of love for not just music, but for the drums in particular,
1: mm-hmm it so, was yeah, I remember even we started taking from the same teacher, Don worth um <laughs> it was well, it was Bren it was Bren's teacher, and then i I had over um kind of overstayed my welcome with my first not not overstayed my, but not <laughs> 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 no, it was like um. Great guy. He kind of was like, you know, I I think you should look for other teachers just because I kind of have maxed you out. Is kind of what he said. Um, mm. So just because I think he was, you know, more like oh, I don't really. I would totally be that way too if students would be like, dude, you're too good. I know. Go
0: go somewhere <laughs> else. <laughs> because like, well, and and he wasn't wrong because David was too good. See, shut up. Our the foundation of our friendship is that David is a better drummer than me but I always wanted to play it cool so that I could appear as though I was a similar level of drummer to David. So that's, that's kind of the foundation of, of our relationship is that we both were put in this, in this scenario where we were both trying to get on snare drum in our high school <laughs> drum line, both trying to prove ourselves to like the, the juniors in high school that, that probably didn't know anything more about drumming than we did oh and God. and and trying to to basically fake it till we made it, except we actually had some pretty well, decent chops for being fifteen
1: yeah I, I real quick, I remember the first kind of interaction or the first time I saw bren uh like the first okay, so little background i'm from so we both went to Twalton high school Bren lives on the the side of town that. Basically, there was like a dividing line. You either go to Tigard High or to Twalton High. And he fell right on like the Bull Mountain line where you go to Twalton. So mm-hmm. he kind of came in, you know, knowing a little bit, you know, knowing less people that were from the area. Because it was like maybe a quarter from Tigard and like 75 from, is that right or no? Yeah, that sounds about right. So there was a little bit more um, familiarity for me. And so being from the area, like living literally a 10 minute walk from the high school. I went to like the pre uh summer like drumline audition camp thing. That's what it was, wasn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. that's what it was. So, and I I went to high school with like Jason Kim. So
0: like I knew
1: I wonder should we be dropping names like that in this?
0: I don't know. I I think maybe we should try to I mean we don't have to go and redact anything right now, but let's let's just yeah. say let's do uh first names mm. only. That's
1: a good idea. Okay. Well, so I remember Jason who was our leading um he was like the the leading percussionist, the drumline section leader, all that fun stuff. I knew him knew of him in middle school because he was went to the same middle school as me and you know, saw him at the talent show and, you know, it was kind of one of those like looking up to moments. So I got to go in the summer and play with them and i actually got to show them that i was like good enough to play snare drums so when you came in it was one of those things like oh he's a freshman stick him on cymbals
0: or were you on bass drum to start i think i was on cymbals well well it was i don't think there were enough of us to have to have like need for cymbals so i was originally put on the bass drum and i I remember i remember walking into our first practice and they stuck me on bass drum i remember Mm -hmm. just like being not not like angry but feeling like misunderstood in the sense that like you know where where i went to school like i was the drummer at our school and then like mm-hmm. going into to this first kind of drum line session with all of these people that were new to me and then being put on the bass drum it felt like it felt like uh kicking the nuts know, a little bit a little bit
1: yeah, and, and yeah.
0: so I, so I, 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 I actually remember this. This is this is funny. It's kind of coming back to me now. I remember playing the bass drum and being like, "I'm gonna play this bass drum so good that they realize that I'm better than 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 this."
1: <laughs> well, here's what I remember. I also remember, I think it was like literally the first, the first day. It wasn't even like a drumline practice. It was like the whole band because it was like marching band season. So we were learning intonation motivation. Remember that. Mm-hmm which is like yeah, yeah. yeah it's like basically like eight on a hand built into a longer thing that plays with horns and everything and i remember you were on bass drum and i think this is how i remember i don't know if you remember it differently but you literally raised your hand and stopped the whole um everything with like our director and you were like i don't think i should be playing this instrument i think you said that and like literally he's like oh um okay Jason like do you have a suggestions and and you're kind of like I want to play snare and like you hopped on snare the first and I remember it kind of being like
0: this douche like,
1: well because I didn't know
0: you at all and yeah well and that's up. definitely not the last time you ever thought that about me no. but <laughs> but but it was funny
1: because like I just remember kind of like oh like yeah he, yeah he wants to play snare and then and then you you hopped on and like I was like oh shit this dude like plays well like better than I was like intimidated from the get go, so that was kind of a funny moment just being like oh, this guy this guy can't play snare and then just like <laughs> pop 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 pop, that's the other funny thing about drumline cats they can all do the like the rhythms and like the diddle sounds with their mouth I can't do that I just can't can you you can do that better than I can.
0: Yeah, I always go between, like, tip of the tongue and back of the tongue. So (laughs) It's like, I'm a better
1: beatboxer than I am at doing those things. And, like, I think it goes also with, like, rolling your R's. I can't do that either. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. My girlfriend makes fun (laughs) of me all the time for that. We all have our deficiencies. That's right. Okay, (laughs) so that that was a long um, spiraling out of control way to say that we met. Freshman year of high
0: school mm-hmm. on the drumline, David thought I was a douche. <laughs> he also, a- actually, the, the very first impression that David had of me, this is, this is the no, last aside we'll it. make. And the, th- no, this is, worth, this is worth mentioning. This is the last aside that, that we'll make, yeah. and then we'll get into to the nature of our relationship, how we got to where we are now, and why we're doing this. Yeah. But, but when, when I first walked into the first band class that we ever had, my hair went down to my chest. I had really long hair. I'd had long hair since I was like seven or eight years old. so so I walk I walk into this class and I sit down in the front, and this band director, as they do on the first day, is taking role and you know calling out people's names, and then we're saying here. And they're going around the room, and my my last name is Bohr, so i'm I'm high up really. on the list, and David is in the back with the percussion section and tell them what you thought David okay so first off I did not see you walk in okay so I just
1: saw <laughs> this black figure because you were wearing that was <laughs> that was your style you only wore black jeans and a black hoodie and black vans mm-hmm. and you had the long hair so I saw you from behind and i was just like that's a really tall girl um <laughs> and you know like that's the thing is like it was just, it was funny just because, you know, when they call it your name, your voice was incredibly deep. I was like, oh, and the other thing is like, you know, it it truly did not matter um at all in the grand sc- scope of things, but it was just a funny like little like, oh, I just, you know, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. got it wrong from the start just because, you know, of that awkward first day situation where everybody's nervous and mm-hmm. doesn't
0: know what's going on, so. Yep. Anyways, we can we can uh move past that. We can we can move past that, but we just we just well I just wanted to stop for a moment and say that was really David's first impression of me. <laughs> and I think it's just a funny thing to look back on. Anyway. Yes. So at, at this particular point in time, uh I'm twenty four. David just turned twenty-five. So oh, I
1: forgot I'm older than
0: you, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so it's been about a, up. a decade or a little more than a decade. Yeah. So maybe we need to do something to celebrate a decade of friendship. But maybe this is tin, the thing that tin, we're doing to celebrate a decade man. of friendship. Nick yeah. and
1: Schmidt, Tenfinity, babe. <laughs>
0: okay. So so from, from, from our freshman year of high school, we played in band together for four years that also included the drum line for four years and then at the end of high school we both went off to college to separate separate universities Mm -hmm. i went to a small private college um, in oregon david went to the university of oregon that's right and 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 i my my kind of drumming career stopped for for the most part at that point but david Well, I I guess I played I played freshman yeah. year in in the concert band and the jazz band yeah. at at my university. And and you also did you like organized
1: I mean it was only for a summer, but you organized the drumline thing for the school. Yeah, that's true. And that's you, true. Um you played you played like a gig for my family's church and like Yeah, I, I, played, play I played I played like in churches church on Sundays. And stuff. That's yeah, still yeah. playing,
0: man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I, I stopped I stopped in the sense of like playing on a consistent basis in like a drum line or something like that, but I still played kind of as a hobbyist and then made a little money on the side playing drums. But David had a different route. David, tell him about your route of drumming. <laughs> Slightly. Um
1: yeah, I uh you know I was actually really close to doing kind of the small school experience like Bren. I really liked w- Willamette. Uh, university. My mom went there and was a percussion major, and she you know went on to grad school where she met my dad. So they're both musicians, just like uh, Bren's parents. Um, anyways, I like w- tried out for their uh, jazz program and I got a small scholarship. So I like was thinking about it, and then when it was like forty grand still after all of your um, all of your uh, financial aid. scholarships, yeah, and financial aid was like okay never mind um <laughs> yeah so I ended up going to U of O and my sister the year prior had joined the marching band and I wasn't actually like 100% interested in that idea, idea we didn't march first.
0: like we, no, never we, did, we didn't in march
1: high yeah we had what we like to call just the pep band and I actually <laughs> prefer that I mean I preferred it in high school because you know I actually taught post okay we'll get to that in a sec but my marching experience was none like we marched in a homecoming parade the, our freshman year we did the starlight parade in portland which yeah is and like, i
0: had to play tenor drums on that which i still that's am right. a little sore about but anyway we'll keep going yeah um so
1: i ended up doing the drum line at uvo and i was on the snare line for four years And I think it was my sophomore year. Actually, my freshman year I started, I tried out for the basketball band, which just Mm. was like drum set, playing with a group of about 40 or so. Actually, they're up to like 70 now. It's really big. But yeah, so (laughs) that was a different experience, like playing pep band drums in high school for like, you know, maybe 20 kids. Mm -hmm. And then you go to 70 in an arena that can seat 12,000. I mean, it wasn't always sold out, at least... They got way better when I was uh, leaving school. They were kind of shit when I got there. But um, yeah, so I did that. And then I also did a garter band, which was just like a scholarship group that did um, recruiting events. You know, they'd do like little tailgating around on game days for football. Um, We'd go to, like I said, the high schools to recruit for the band. And it was really fun. We we were like a self-directed group. So we'd elect a member to be the director and you know we'd write our own music I didn't write music I was never that kind of talented but um you know we I'd, I'd write I'd, I'd write a <laughs> yeah we're not that talented we're just drunk <laughs> um but I would you know so I, I did that for a lot a lot of uh yeah I went to school as a journalism major but I did not I mean I just, <laughs> I was just a I was just a musician man I like was as close to being a music major without taking like any music classes that, I mean, like the band was just an elective credit. It was not mm-hmm. anything towards a degree in music, but I, you know, it so much, I was trying to think about how many gigs in high, in college. And then my senior year, I joined a band with uh, my buddies like uh, Quinn Wise and the Heads Up. That was a fun, that was honestly such a fun experience. So it was just like getting the house show experience. I hadn't really been to Think my first house show in college was actually playing in one so that was that was fun um so my senior year was barely getting by in college because i just played in the band and it was took up so much of my time and it was so worth it and then post-graduating i did a year one more year in eugene or like half a year where i played in a another band with my very talented keyboard friend august king I'm going to mention his name because we'll definitely have him on the show. Yeah. Okay. And because um, he's actually becoming a drummer too, I'm, we'll mention. Oh. Yeah, he's he's t- teaching himself. And let me tell you, gosh darn, he is good. <laughs> Isn't it frustrating like, when people pick stuff up like He super is quickly? a fucking savant. He's one of those people who, <laughs> you know, and then he also is like the most critical of himself. I mean, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. we're both critical of ourselves. But, you know, he he's kind of on the next level where he does something so well. And he's like, that was awful so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. frustrating but anyways so i did that and you know the past i'd say the past two years is where i've really dropped off a little bit like i play on my own time i play gig i've played gigs at churches i play for my family's church and there's another church in eugene that i picked up that was a paying gig and was really fun met a lot of really great people that i still am in contact with but actually some of my gigs with them were canceled recently because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So haven't done that for a while, which is unfortunate because they're a really great group of people and they really, you know, pretty good high production level. So that's, that was mm-hmm. fun. First time playing with in ears and getting that experience. But yeah, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. So the past two years I have, you know, my rudimental drumming, like marching band, it's absolutely zero. Um, I taught, for a year with my friend Derek Bufell, who also was in the drum line with me at college. And he he's like one of those drummers that writes everything and and can write his own music. He wrote me for like, he wrote me a song from La La Land that he arranged for the band. It was amazing. So he's one of those, like those drummers where he's like, yeah. not really a drummer, you know? <laughs> drummer musicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So like, you know, like I can play a little. Well, Bren, Bren is actually a musician as well, cause he he plays guitar very well. And what else do you play? You play other things, piano.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's been one of those things in life where it's like I'll take lessons for like a few months and then kind of drop it. So like I've taken piano lessons and marimba lessons and guitar lessons and that kind of thing, but nothing mm-hmm. ever stuck quite as well as as the drums did. But um, I mean, I don't I don't write music, but mm-hmm. but it's I still try to keep it a part of my life, not just listening to music but but playing music and this show is mostly gonna be about us listening to music and our thoughts on on mm-hmm. on the music industry and that kind of thing um but yeah yeah and i've been I've been playing less and less as time has gone on, and I've been getting my hands into other things, but I think one of the things that I admire about. David is that he has has stuck with it in a way that I don't think a lot of people do after they get out of the arenas where they've been playing like constantly, like getting out of uh, the drum line at U of O or getting out of the band that he was playing in or that kind of thing. Like he's still like you still play constantly, which like I, I like to see you might be playing less than <laughs> you used to, which yeah. which um. feels feels different for you. But like I haven't played the drums in over a year, probably at this point. Yeah, so it's, think about that.
1: Then yeah, that's true. I mean, I was gonna say it's like if it's a week, a week's time without touching the drums. That's that seldom happens. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's more. I, I really had a blast doing it in college, and it kind of I realized, you know, everybody goes through that phase where one of their things that they're really, they're good at and they really enjoy that. Like, this is going to be it, you know, kind of, that mm-hmm. was like me for a while, like, Oh, I can make a career out of this. Not to say that, um, you know, you can't, but I think it was, I, it kind of dawned on me at a certain point where I was like, I, I will always be a musician. I will always play drums, mm-hmm. but I'm going to pursue something else as a career and mm-hmm. have it be there. And it, you know, who knows, maybe if, right situation right thing happens maybe it could become more of a career or more you know like more of a sustainable mm-hmm. job but just knowing coming from musicians that it's tough you know to
0: make yeah. a living after, as after a hearing so musician. many stories after hearing so many stories about the the musician's struggle yeah it kind of it, it kind of becomes it's, it's intimidating less less appealing yeah yep for sure mm-hmm.
1: but yes thank you for that i think that long story short that's why we, we kind of named this podcast Beat Talk and why we came together. We really love drums. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes when you hear people talking about music, they touch on it a bit um, and move on. But I think, you know, one of the things we kind of talked about when we were, you know, brain child. Wait, what are you calling it? child. It was our, our <laughs> I was trying to say brain child. That's not a thing.
0: That's a thing. A brain brainchild child? is a thing okay yeah. yes it is <laughs> okay
1: um but when when it was in the womb let's say in <laughs> <laughs> it's uh in the wombs say, of our minds yes um we we're talking about building the foundation of great music and how you can tell or just like listening to like another thing i like is when friends of mine that are musicians but they're not maybe drummers they ask me what do you listen to when you listen to music what's the first thing you listen mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. and I always say it's the drums and mm-hmm. it's it's interesting when you start playing more of another instrument or you start trying to focus on something else how different the song sounds yeah for sure so I think one of the cool things that we're gonna do is we're gonna break down music sometimes from the perspective of a drummer or the mm-hmm. perspective of kind of a rhythm section setting the foundation for some songs so uh i think this is kind of a cool endeavor and i think it's going to be really fun so
0: yeah and if yeah. if nothing else it's a way for us to to connect and talk about something that we love while we're like living far away from each other
1: that's right and and uh you know so quarantining quarantining.
0: Another... yeah even if even if i were near you i couldn't be near you so it's true you know what? so we'll be near in spirit yeah, exactly. So we're gonna get we're gonna get into our our first topic of conversation, um, but we just wanted to make sure that we spoke a little bit about who we were, why we're doing this, and what to expect. So, without further ado, let's jump right in. Um, and <laughs> we're gonna talk about a couple of things. But but the the first thing that David thought of when I texted him about what we should talk about today mm-hmm. is is the Bill Clinton swag, the Bill Clinton swag meme with the four records that has Mm -hmm. been making its way around people's Instagram stories when they're trying to show off to you just exactly what they're listening to so that you can see how much cooler they are than you, (laughs) how, (laughs) what their depth of, their depth and breadth in their music taste, Uh. and they can show it off all, all while you're still being able to admire uh, President Clinton himself chilling there mm-hmm. with with their favorite records.
1: Yeah, you know, it's making the rounds just like the 10 push-ups. Do 10 push-ups, send 10 push-ups. Do your mm-hmm. first picture with your significant other and your <laughs> most recent or whatever. Uh-huh. So I, I have to say I have participated in some, not super willingly, but because people have put me up. T- I actually was nominated by my friend
0: for the Bill Clinton uh, swag, yeah. Is it called the Bill Clinton
1: swag? What that is it is, called?
0: Okay, so so if we want to talk about kind of where this thing came from, I I didn't start seeing these until like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's any different for you. Like, have had you seen this prior to this? I had never seen it. So this, so I started researching this, and this kind of blew my mind. So there's a, a meme generator for the Bill Clinton swag. Mm -hmm. Have you seen this? So like you, you, you go to Bill Clinton swag. If you search Bill Clinton swag, the first link that pops up is this picture of Bill Clinton. And then Mm -hmm. you can insert the album that you're thinking of that you want to have show up in the, the four (laughs) spots where the four records are. And then it places it there.
1: Yeah. So that's actually, so my friend Zach who sent it to me or tagged me in it Mm -hmm. because he had already done like one where he sent it out to friends. Then he got tagged again and Mm -hmm. did another one and tagged me. And I, I'm, sad to say i didn't do it because i just you know slipped my mind i'm in grad school uh Mm -hmm. just kind of let it fall by the wayside like some things happen um but yeah i was like i don't know how do i do this i'm not good enough with photoshop was like my first
0: like instinct. like yeah and i i totally thought that people were photoshopping this because the only people that i saw resharing this stuff was like designer friends of mine i was like Mm -hmm. what an elitist group of of (laughs) of people sharing this meme around because who else is going to do it other than people that have like some modicum of, of Photoshop skills. Yeah. And for me, I was like, this is going to take me the whole weekend to
1: figure out, like I could do it, <laughs> but you know, like I've, yeah. I've used video editing software. I can, I did, I did design or what's it called, um, graphic arts in high school, <laughs> like uh-huh. I uh-huh. maybe, you know, I like shaded a rhino
0: onto a mango. I can do that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I made a
1: hammerhead shark with an actual hammer. Like, I can do this.
0: Yeah, I, I was like, I was wondering how how it caught on with it having such like a high barrier to entry to to having to have some amount of Photoshop skills to do this. So, actually, when I was when I was first thinking about this, I was taking notes for the podcast and I wrote, "Is this elitist designer bullshit?" Because I thought <laughs> like I thought that people were just photoshopping. So, but what I came to find out upon further research is that. There's a, a generator for this. So people actually mm-hmm. don't really have to try at all in the process of doing this. And to my designer friends, if you didn't know that and you were going and photoshopping things, proud of you for being able to do it. But I just want to <laughs> let you know that there's a website that will do it for you. Yes. and but, that's yeah. But what, what shocked me the most is that this website was actually created in 2012, oh. eight years ago. just takes a pandemic to bring it out i guess exactly exactly so so eight years ago this thing this thing was created um and then a year after that in 2013 i guess it was shared around on on reddit and then it was picked up by a bunch of different uh news places like buzzfeed Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing but i guess it apparently went to the wayside until kind of the start of this whole quarantine situation where it's exploded in popularity but it's it's given people a reason to talk about their four favorite albums or the four albums that they're they kind of have on rotation right now while they're stuck at home Mm -hmm. and so I went in and wrote down four of the records that I've been listening to while I've been stuck at home or at least artists that I've been listening to while I've been stuck at home did you yeah actually I um I have
1: four albums. You kind of like <laughs> reminded me right as you said that. So I like pulled up my Spotify on my phone, cool. but I actually do have four albums I've been listening to. And I will, um, I was thinking I've, it's more. It's easier to do the more, most recent because like it would take me some time to choose the four that go, you know, just, mm-hmm. but I will say I'm not going to do it right now. But if I was going to do the four that like my all times probably Mm -hmm. channel orange is on there so that's fair that's fair i i mean that's also Brent and i did a duet of uh (laughs) i mean uh, the one of the first coffee houses at our high school so you know we did uh which song did we do i mean we did probably the best one right i you just cut out for me so oh sorry what uh i can't remember we didn't do forrest gump which one did we do
0: uh, we did thinking about you, thinking about you, yeah. And this this was when I was first learning how to play the guitar, so so we were doing a little combo of did you did you have uh, an I instrument or were you singing with me? You had a cajon, okay, that's what I thought. I so sang you had it too. I mean, we both sang, and it was yeah. We awful we I so mean, we, we did a sing. true we did a true duet, yeah, of of vocals and cajon plus acoustic guitar, so. <laughs> I don't know what more you could want in a coffee house. I I or enjoy what you want listening less. to. <laughs> yeah, I I enjoy listening to two amateur musicians trying their hearts out, trying to sing an R and B song by someone who is one of the greatest artists of all time. <laughs> also, cajones suck.
1: Okay, <laughs> they're the worst, just,
0: They're probably the worst I, instrument.
1: Can I go on a rant real quick? Go for okay. it. Okay. So, I've seen I've seen some drummers talk about this online, but like cajones are so dumb. Like the the one good use they have nowadays is if you can get like a bass pedal connector, which are mm-hmm. crazy expensive, mm-hmm. and you can never get them. You have to buy the the best quality to get it, so it's not laggy because it's mm-hmm. like the long um, connected cable thing. Mm-hmm. But like, unless you get the best one and you like mic it up, they sound like trash. And also, they sound like trash. They sound like trash and they hurt my hands and I know you and your back to, and your back. But like the best like hand drummers can make a cajon sound good. I will admit like hand drumming, like my mom, that that's her thing. And I've learned from her a little bit, but like, you know, it takes a different kind of talent. It's like people that play hungas and bongos and like play kind of in a different realm of music. So I don't know. Yeah. It's just not my thing.
0: yeah exactly it's 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 like as a drum set drummer or like a rudimental snare player it's it's hard to transition those skills over to a hand Mm -hmm. drum because it just takes a different level of nuance it's a totally different feel but the cajon i think people try to use it as this like all purpose acoustic percussion instrument and have Mm -hmm. it take the place of of a drummer or like, I mean, I think the main offender is people that play acoustic guitar and sing, and they want to have like something else that they can do that like adds this percussive element to it. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you, you acoustic guitar players, just play, just play your guitar because it's rhythmic enough. You know, it's true. You don't don't need the reason
1: why bands have rhythm guitar in them. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah. There's actually a video that we should post to this Podcast when we post it up, um, I don't remember the drummer's name, but he's a drummer I've I've seen on YouTube a few times. Who's um, really great drummer. He's been on Drumeo, and he he plays very interesting style where he has open handed technique, kind of. Well, it's different. It's not like left hand lead, but he has his hi hat connected via the long cable I was talking mm-hmm. about on his right side, and he plays open hand, but with right on the. So it's like not open hand, mm-hmm. but it is because he's leading with his right still. Mm-hmm. It's very bizarre, but he's really he's really a good drummer, but he he's like um, toured with some bands and they've said okay we're gonna do a set that we need like an acoustic, even toned down like smaller thing, and they're like get a cajon or something. He's like mm-hmm. hell no. Um, <laughs> he he literally has a video of how you can turn your 16 inch um, tom into a bass drum with a couple mounts and Mm -hmm. like turn it into your very own little drum set that you can fit into a suitcase it's Mm -hmm. really cool so i've been inspired from that video always because it's like he it's it sounds like something that a cajon player would wish to have yeah and it's like the same amount of space basically is what he's trying to say and it's like pointless to spend on a really expensive cajon when you can do it with like your old crappy Mm -hmm. drum set you don't use anymore and Mm -hmm. just put new heads on it so
0: anyways long
1: story short i don't like cajones.
0: yeah and and psa there are better options
1: (laughs) yes yes so much better options like just play quieter if you want to (laughs) yeah exactly
0: okay okay so so back to our four records david i want to hear your your first one
1: okay well my first my first uh album that i've been really listening to lately is it is what it is by sorry um by thundercat Mm. um i actually was um not like keeping up to date with him for a while my friend zach who nominated me we were talking about um music he helped us move out of eugene recently and he's like have you heard the new thundercat album and i was like no i haven't and Actually, the funny thing is I never probably would have been into Thundercat had I not, in college, won tickets to see Music Fest Northwest <laughs> before it became the Pabst PBR uh-huh, uh-huh. festival. I remember But this. yeah, I, I won tickets by <laughs> tweeting at the Emerald some bullshit about <laughs> this this artist I did not know that I wanted to listen to. They were like, tell us who you want to listen to at Music Fest Northwest. Uh And I tweeted because I literally knew none of the artists except for, like, maybe Spoon or Mm Haim. And I didn't really listen to them. So I Mm -hmm. just said someone else to be, like, quirky. Maybe they'd choose the quirky boy that says (laughs) this weird one. And they did. They did. So I won two free tickets. And I ended up getting to see Thundercat and then run the jewels, like, back Mm. to back. And it Mm -hmm. was fucking insane. Like, Thundercat with his six-string bass Mm -hmm. just Treading up there and like he was like i'm not gonna lie i am hammered and i was like dude you're an icon <laughs> um so i've always been all about him and you know when he and uh kamisi washington you know uh teamed up in like kind of the west coast project i think that's their name or that group they kind of uh you know did that acid jazz album with uh kendrick for to Move a butterfly i was just like He's the real deal. And so Mm -hmm. Zach actually likened him to a modern day um, George Clinton. And I actually kind of Mm -hmm. found that interesting because it kind of this new album, I've only given it probably one good listen to Mm -hmm. um, really just did something to me where like some of it's like a little, you know, a little not my taste where he kind of is a little more spacey with his soaring lyrics and like his kind of, um, melodies that he has a little jazzy. Um, and I love mm-hmm. that too. But like when he actually has like the real groove and like kind of that, that funky sound is when I'm yeah. really into it. So this album actually, well I'll lead into my next one features Louis Cole. Um, I went through a, a phase with him. Uh, my friend August showed me the band or maybe it was Zach. It was Zach and August. I get a lot of my music from mm-hmm. they uh, showed me a band knower Mm-hmm um, which is Lewis Cole and another talented female vocalist. I do not know the name of maybe. Uh, I'll, I'll do your I'll do your your fact check right now. Beautiful, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a track off there. They have a video on YouTube that was really kind of cool. It was filmed in uh, Lewis Lewis Cole's house, mm-hmm. and it was you know, you know, just just funny, kind of quirky, kind of had a. Volpec vibe, where yeah. it was like they had little captions of like oh,
0: bass solo bass run
1: like things like that, but it yeah. was it was different. It was not like it was not cookie
0: cutter, not not it set, was, uh, it, Wolf- it, was it, it was a little edgier than Volpec,
1: yeah, and Volpec is amazing in all the things to do, but it was it's different it's not mm-hmm. like I'm not comparing the two at all um so that was my first kind of introduction to him, and I remember listening to him, and I was like, yeah, he's he's a good drummer, like I can get behind that and then like i listened i there was this is how i actually really stumbled upon him i was looking at i go down uh i love instagram for my my explore page cuz i find drummers all the time that i just mm-hmm. i just you know look through and see people i I've, I've met or people i know or then it's like people like just that are insane you know studio guys uh mm-hmm. touring guys all these things so i don't remember this guy's name either but he was I was just looking through his Instagram, some of his videos, and um, he's like, my biggest inspiration right now is Lewis Cole, and, like, I'm trying to play like him. And I was like, Mm -hmm. what? Um, Because from the video of him playing kind of, it's more like electronic, um, you know, and I just, you know, didn't really think. And he he always
0: looks a little stiff.
1: Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just did not know how insane of a drummer lewis cole is because so in his his so his solo stuff um uh he recently last year released uh an album like live live version of a lot of his stuff Mm -hmm. oh my god i love like the videos for that too it's like literally he has like uh 15 piece like brass Kind of like orchestra thing going on um, mm-hmm. in his living room, and then he's in his stairwell recording him playing drums, mm-hmm. and it is awesome. And he has his singers out in, in the backyard, like on the uh-huh. deck, <laughs> uh-huh. and it's so cool. And it's like, um, I think uh "F It Up" or "Fuck It Up" that song, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. he's just playing the the doubles on the on the ride bell, and it's just doing this insane, like really intricate rhythm with his between mm-hmm. his bass and his hand and um that was when i was like oh shit okay this guy is insane and then there's a video on youtube of him doing like an open drum solo it and he he, he, the thing that really impresses me is his first off his hand speed and then the dexterity between his um and in in, independence and interdependence between his hand and his and his feet it's Mm -hmm. especially his right hand because he plays open-handed yeah and it's insane because i remember thinking like oh like he doesn't look like the guy that has the chops to do all these things and he does Mm -hmm. first off but he plays differently than um most drummers i've seen and kind of like Mm -hmm. modeled my drumming after yeah so that's kind of one of those things where you know if it's not as common to you i uh, first off was like oh not as technically technically proficient (laughs) you know and that's like the snob in me um that really is like
0: I hate and I try to suppress all the time. Um, he, yeah, I, I think what it is is that he looks like a self-taught drummer, mm-hmm. except he's so good. Like he's so incredibly good.
1: Well, and that's the other part of me that's like really annoyed. Is like people that are self-taught are so much more creative. Like, yeah, c- because definitely. you're not learning from one person. Because, like, that's that's me. Until yeah. I took well, from and, a different teacher, I my style was the
0: teacher's style. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You learn. You learn all of your habits from the people that you're learning from. Exactly. And if you have you have that like lifelong drum teacher or like that person mm-hmm. that's kind of lays the foundation for you, like it really affects the way that you view other drummers. Like it yeah. really affects the way you view other drummers.
1: It, and yeah, it, and I think it, it's there's a lot of good in having a, a solid teacher to teach you a lot of the, the basics, the rudiments, um, wow, I was going to say rudimentals. What am I doing? <laughs> um, the rudiments and, you know, kind of the way you count and read and all these things and teaching you tempo. But then like for me, that's been the hardest thing for me lately is feeling like I'm in a, a creative rut where my mm-hmm. playing sounds so similar and, you know, I'll learn a lick and then that's the only thing I play. Mm-hmm. So, his drumming was like a breath of fresh air because mm-hmm. it's so different than what i had been listening to. But yet it was still the type of music I like to listen to because it's it's funky. It has some pop elements. It's um, it's funny. It's weird. It's quirky. It's different. It's kind of kind of again, like has it's like edgier Wolfpack in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I've been listening to him again. Um, mm-hmm. The drummer recommended him. So I listened to him mm-hmm. for a lot of this past summer. And I took mm-hmm. a break. And then the uh, Thundercat album brought me mm-hmm. back, so I've been actually drumming to some of his tracks this past week, and i uh mm-hmm. got to say, so, okay, those are my two. It's been taking me a long time to get through this. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um, and the other two albums I've been listening to, um, mm, Random Access Memories, That's that also might go on my all-time, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, there's something that I as a drummer need to do more of, which I've been trying to do is playing simpler, more Mm -hmm. simply. Mm -hmm. And so this album is a great example of, or just Daft Punk, like putting on a Daft Punk album and playing to them and trying to limit yourself to like, okay, I'm only going to play hi-hat bass and snare like this whole time. And I'm only going to do a fill when the phrase is up or when, Mm -hmm when i need to you know just add a little tiny bit of spice but that's always been the hardest thing for me playing in groups where i had the freedom to do that and kind of the style to do that so Mm -hmm. but then again it's like when you play simpler when you add in that bit of texture that bit of difference it is so Mm -hmm. welcome and sounds
0: so good yeah yeah exactly like when you play simply it it allows you to develop that like sense of contrast mm-hmm. in in your in your playing, and it makes the things that you do want to stand out stand out even more, and people mm-hmm. like like people like them more because you haven't been doing it this whole time, you yeah know?
1: yeah, and it also I think when I was younger, it was like when they were less flashy, I was like oh well they're not that good mm-hmm. and i've had completely like as I've gotten older and learned more about musicians and drummers is no it's not actually my mom uh back in the day got a clinic from i don't know this name either toto's drummer um mm-hmm. one of the great drummers he um he is like a ripping shredder drummer also but he he was like i get paid to play in the pocket and lay down the beat and basically get paid to play four on the floor and play it well and then i add in those elements when i need them but that's where Mm -hmm. i get my living you know so he's kind of like you have to fit within the style of music you're playing to support the musicians you're with um Mm -hmm. so that's been something i've really been gravitating towards and then the other one is a little shout out for my boys actually Uh, my boy um tang so they're the band based out of bend um bend oregon and uh it's uh comprised of two guitars um bass drums and i think that's it yeah they used to be i think just a three piece three piece yeah they're four now um and it's uh some prog it's er, prog math it's it's something else it's really awesome and it's kind of cool because i actually played in a band with justin um, he he plays kind of co-lead guitar, I would say. Um, he kind of splits it, but mm-hmm. he, he kind of uh, joined their group a little bit after, and he also plays saxophone, but they shred. You should listen to their new EP, Tiny Daniel. It is super cool. Um, it's the kind of drumming that I love, but it scares the hell out of me because I've never liked playing in odd times or Mm-hmm. yeah it, it, my brain can get around that sometimes but other times it's just it, it, it's terrifying so I've been listening to them a lot and I, I really it, it, it helps me when I listen to different kind of drumming that's not the same always it's kind of the same idea like mm-hmm. I need to get these different outlets yeah. to help myself so that's what I've been listening mm-hmm. to lately uh, those would probably be my four um, what about you Bren mm-hmm. Let, let's hear what you've been listening to
0: Okay, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for something new first, and then I'll I'll work my way down. But but this record just came out on Friday, and it's what kind of music? Have you heard this yet? Um, no, I have not. It's it, so it's it's, it's Tom Mish. Do you know Tom? Oh my God, yes, I know Tom. We're buds. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> best friends, dude. Oh, I, okay, s- so- I
1: actually I saw I saw this, but I just haven't listened to it
0: okay okay so you should check it out because it's 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 really good um but it's tom mish and it's yusuf deus i think, it, I think oh. it's deus mm-hmm. and so yusuf is a drummer and he's incredible mm-hmm. like he's absolutely yes. incredible and then tom mish is is a guitarist a singer a songwriter um that has had has had a couple albums come out but this is a collaborative record between he and yusuf and it just like it crushes, dude. It's so good. And the first track is the the titular track. What kind of music? And it's like, it's so good, dude. So you'll have to go and check this out. Anybody who's listening will have to go and check this out because it's 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 great music to work to. It's great music to just like vibe to. But it's it's really good. And the drumming is incredible. So that's 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 my first one. That's kind of the the newest one that I've been listening to. The second is the new Abnormal, which is the new Strokes record. Have you listened mm. to that yet? No, dude, this is great. I'm, I'm actually, as, as Bren is doing this, I am this going to my list Spotify. Of, yeah, and, this is just uh, a list of wrecks for David, basically. <laughs> so the, the new Abnormal is the latest Strokes album, and the Strokes have been around for a really long time. I think they're like my earliest favorite band, like they've That's been our, one of my favorite that. bands for forever. So <laughs> with like your Black was, stroke shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All like since like fifth grade or something. I've been I've been listening to the Strokes, and the thing I love about the Strokes is they're just like incredibly consistent. But they've they've been a band for such a long time that that if you like listen to this new record and then you go back and listen to their first record, there's there's so many similarities. But they have been able to adapt with. times in a way that feels really organic um and the the name of the album just feels like very resonant with the times that we're going through right now the new abnormal um and it feels a little bit like a soundtrack to to quarantine right now oh okay so it's it's a great record i highly recommend it um my third is the newest great can i pause you for a real quick sec yeah yeah um kind
1: of tying back into what we've been listening to just just for funsies um what how do you say the strokes lead singer's name julian Casablancas. yes so he's um i've been listening to random access memories and instant crush a lot so that's he's featured on that so just Mm a little little crossover there that i Mm -hmm. I just find fun that um i haven't been listening to the strokes but i've been listening to the Strokes singer there you go there you go
0: there you go (laughs) yeah i i used to have a major crush on on julian casablanca's because he has like he has like such a look he has like such a defined like self brand that Mm -hmm. even even from a young age i was like very very enthralled by that like like the way that he just like presents himself Mm -hmm. anyway so i've been a big fan of the strokes for a long time and and this record is is no change from that but my my third choice and i don't know if you've listened to this either is the latest grimes record have you listened to this
1: um no i haven't honestly the last grimes i listened to was like her album from like 2012 or something when the kind of from drive when i was introduced to her music um, yeah and was really into it i haven't listened to her since but or maybe here and there um what's the title of
0: the album or name of it so the title yeah the name of the album is miss anthropocene okay so the the record that you know her from is also the record that I know her from, which is Visions, which you you nailed it, twenty twelve, mm. um, and and I took kind of a break in listening to to Grimes's music, but um, when this record came out, the the lead singles from it were like acoustic, which kind of shocked me because I I know Grimes as being like kind of a dreamy electronic. Um, mm-hmm kind of like ethereal kind of like crunchy like that like crunchy like like a very yeah 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 kind of glitchy like you know what i'm talking about but okay i i heard these these singles off of this album and they sounded kind of like um like grunge like late 90s grunge but like with Mm. a female lead singer and like very much like acoustic guitar driven and They just crush. Like they're they're really really good. So I'd recommend you listen you listen to that album. But the the songs that really surprised me are "Delete Forever" and "You'll Miss Me When I'm Not Around" because they're they're very much acoustic driven, Mm -hmm. and they're just like they're just incredible. The first time I listened to them, I didn't really like them because it was so unexpected. Mm. Um, but they're great. And then my 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 fourth pick for this it's not an album because I'm still getting familiar with this artist, but this is John Prine who recently passed away. Are you familiar with John Prine at all?
1: I am. And I'm trying to remember why. I think it's maybe from my, my dad playing John Prine. Mm-hmm. or no, it's Quinn, my buddy Quinn. Okay. He's got, okay. He has a couple John Prine, uh,
0: vinyls at his place. Gotcha. So, so John Prine is like, Uh, an American like very much American Americana like Mm. singer-songwriter like I I would have classified him Guy Clark or something or like or like a a Bob Dylan Mm -hmm. like where it's more about um, the idea of his of his songs and and the message that he's trying to get across than the actual like art of of the music like the the technical side of the music yeah and, like, I, I think for, for most of my life, it's been hard for me to appreciate music like that, where it's, where it's more about the story that the person's trying to tell and less about the actual arrangement going on and the music going on, because you and I both listen to music basically from the drums up. Mm-hmm. And when, when the music has either, like, very little drums or no drums at all, and it's really about the, the singer telling their story or telling a story... It's hard for me to connect with it but he passed away a couple of weeks ago oh, wow. from from the virus actually oh. um, so there have been a lot of kind of retellings of who he is and why he was so important in american music mm-hmm. and um so i've been going back through and just kind of listening to like i i don't know like his highlight reel like his yeah. like the, the essentials of john prine like what what people have put together so mm-hmm. there's no record there but it's just been it's been um kind of eye opening to me the power that music can have that's that's so story driven mm-hmm. cuz that like i said like that's just not something that i've ever been interested in um mm-hmm. so and and so much of his music is reflective of like kind of the the human condition like like what it is to be a person what it is to live to live and um like with with the perspective of his recent death and all of that and everything that's going on right now it just feels like it's resonating with me a lot more than than it might mm-hmm. have at another time so um that's a wreck for you is to go and, and listen to john Prine because it's that's worthwhile so
1: yeah i definitely um will do that and another i'm gonna to listen to all of those um but actually another one that i wanted to mention just an artist that i've been going back to a lot has been bill withers lately just because um he passed mm-hmm. away recently yep. and so um just listen to his first album his first album is insane mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and he also you know came on the scene later on in life like not 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 old but you know he I actually was listening to some guys just kind of talking about, um, a Rolling Stone article, um, on kind of his career. And it's really interesting. Uh, I don't know if you know much about kind of how Bill Withers got into music, but I believe he was, Mm-mm. I probably should, <laughs> on this podcast, probably I shouldn't go into depth cause I don't, I didn't do my research, but I do know that he worked at a nightclub, um, in some capacity and the the guy that was getting paid a good amount back in the day to to play at the uh, on stage weekly or every night kind of just wasn't showing up on time and kind of was flaky and mm-hmm. he was like i can do this and he literally taught himself in the span of three years how to play guitar and write music just because he wow. was like i want to do this i like kind of saw it in his job it's like well why can't i do that like i can I can get girls this way. Yeah. I can, you know, kind of change my, everything I have with my life. So he kind of was like, I can mm-hmm. do this. Um, and he's mm-hmm. one of those people, like a lot of people think they can do that. <laughs> like when they see someone like, oh, I can do that. He's one of those people that actually could, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's like, yeah. I, they, uh, it was a sports talk show actually. And they were talking about how all the fans in the arenas who were like, oh, get this quarterback out of there. I could do it. And then he's like, when you actually like think about the amount of people in an arena, sixty thousand, maybe there's a thousand people who played quarterback in their high, in their life, and then maybe there's mm-hmm. cut that down to one percent. Maybe there's like, you know, four to five that could actually play close to this level, and then maybe there's one. So it's kind of like he's like, that's kind of what it was mm-hmm. like, and Bill Withers was that guy um and he, yeah. his first album arguably has one of the i think like one of the best songs of all time i like ain't no sunshine when she's gone he wrote that was like one of his first mm-hmm. that was often his first album so i was just like listening to that tr- um album lately i would and i don't i'm don't even know the
0: name of it i'm sorry i didn't yeah, get prepared it's, but it's I've, I've got it for you so his his first record is titled just as i am mm-hmm. which was released in 1971 he was 32 yeah. So yeah, I mean to to have to have your first record released at 32, and have your lead single off of it, ain't no Sun- ain't no sunshine, become one of the most famous songs of all time. Yeah. Like it's pretty incredible. And there's like the the deeper tracks in here um, that I super 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 love. Like Grandma's Hands is like one of my like oh, yeah. very favorite songs. I
1: forgot to mention that 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 is. Um i mean because like you know everybody knows lovely day and like Mm -hmm. um a few other of his tracks that i'm not remembering but uh grandma's hands is like the
0: sleeper Mm -hmm. sleeper of all of his songs i think it's so good i think it's i think it might be my favorite bill withers song of all time it's just like how it starts off with just the bass and the hi-hat and him Mm -hmm. just kind of humming yeah yeah yeah. oh there's just something
1: so like You're sitting on his lap to hear a story is what it feels like like you're just you're just right there like here we go and then just like I don't remember um, his drummer his studio drummer is -hmm. like one of my favorite drummers of all time first off because if you ever seen ain't no sunshine music video from back in the day he mm-hmm. has the biggest afro he's wearing like a purple suit and he's smiling the whole time playing traditional uh-huh. and he just doesn't give a fuck about anything he's just <laughs> like and he actually recorded um on a Wolfpack song recently uh i think oh, really running running off of um uh, mr F- oh gosh what let me look this up so we have it for our many listeners <laughs> um, <laughs> back it was off of um the beautiful the beautiful game no, I think it was off of hill climber no okay we'll 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 get back to that later um, but that drummer has the best pocket he has the best mm-hmm. pocket, simple drumming. He can obviously, you know, spice it up when he wants to, but mm-hmm. he doesn't need to because he knows that the song doesn't need it. And that's one of yeah. my, like, my, like, deepest, like, desires in the world is to be able to know what a song needs because, like, I yeah. want to fill it with all of my beats and all of the things <laughs> I can do. But they don't need it, Bren. They yeah. don't need it.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I, and I, I, think, I think that's something that I've been, I've, been focusing on too particularly during this time and i i i mean you've come back to it several times it's just like what's what's essential you know Mm -hmm. like fill 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 that void with something that's essential because in the end that's all you need that's what makes it you know Mm -hmm. completely Mm -hmm. okay so
1: are we gonna are we do any other kind of things to address or are we kind of wrapping
0: up? i don't think so I, i was trying to think of like what what are some things that we could throw in here that we do like every single episode yeah so i i had i had uh three things and they they might end up being the same thing, but there's three things so one is what's your favorite track of the week mm the other is what's your latest discovery so you don't it doesn't have to be your favorite but what's something new to you and it doesn't have to be music either mm-hmm um, and then your third is what's one recommendation. So maybe the, the recommendation and latest discovery that could be combined. They don't have to be music. They could be anything. Ooh. So we'll do, we'll do favorite track of the week. And then what's your one rec? So what's a favorite track of the week? Or your, I know I'm springing this on you. What's your favorite track of the week?
1: Okay. I'm going to ask you since it was your idea to go first and give me a second to kind of peruse what I've been listening to and think about my favorite track of the week. That sounds
0: fair, Okay. because I already have one written there. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so my favorite track of the week is Please Don't Live in Fear, which is a Bon Bear track. Um, it was... I don't know if it was released this week or last week, but it's just it's just a single. I don't think it's it's connected with any album or anything, but there have been a lot of musicians, obviously, making, making music during this time that speaks to people's experiences during this time. Mm-hmm. And this track, Please Don't Live in Fear, is... Kind of uh, bony bear's response to that, and i think I think part of what I like about this song so much is not just the the arrangement of it, but the lyrics kind of speak to um, not not living in fear but not ignoring the truth of of our current reality um, and saying like you know this this is a really hard time, this is a really dangerous time for a lot of people um and we don't need to kind of shy away from that and i think i think that's that's a pretty blatant um like direct message to people that are asking to to reopen everything Mm -hmm. um is that you know this this is a very real thing that that is dangerous but but not to live in fear of it not to live in in kind of constant anxiety or worry about it so that's my favorite track of the week yeah that's that's a good one um so I actually just kind of went through what I've been
1: listening to, and this is not one of the ones of the four that I listened to or that I mentioned, but mm-hmm. it is, um, a song that I actually was, it is the perfect driving music. And that's something that I've been doing a lot lately is just like driving around Portland to just kind of change my scenery and just get mm-hmm. out of the house in some fashion other than like going for walks and stuff. Yep. But, um, you're never too far from me by George Benson. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend it just for a sunny day. Like it's been, I mean, I'm sure it's sunny every day where you are, but, um, (laughs) it's been so nice lately and it is like just the smoothest song. Um, it's got just like a very happy, um, melodic. It's just like a lead guitar kind of playing some kind of, it almost sounds like he's using, um, Oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. He, He does a lot of, um, I feel like it's really layered, um, Mm -hmm. really layered sound. And it just has a simplistic, but also like he has some solo in it and you're just going to have to listen to it. (laughs) I'll listen to it. It's just that instrumental that is perfect for if you're going out in the sun and you kind of just, I I feel like it's kind of a by yourself song. Like you're not going to be with somebody when you listen to it. Or Mm -hmm. if you are with someone, it's where you don't talk. It's one where you just kind of take it in by yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're Mm -hmm. looking at stuff like you don't want to be talking to someone and missing. It's just like you listen to the little intricacies of how the melody changes, what the drummer is doing. The -hmm. drummer has some really, really, really nice just like he's playing um, just like. Simple again, simple is kind of the theme of this week, simple, but really tasty, just simple grooves below it. Mm -hmm. And just letting letting the, the melody kind of play its course
0: mm-hmm okay i'll check it out okay so if we were gonna have a recommendation mm-hmm. i know what i would recommend that i feel like it's not a discovery but something that i would recommend to other people do you have a recommendation um <laughs> i mean
1: are we just talking music here
0: no it can be anything okay it could be it could be a food, it could be a new way to do something. Okay. It could be I have a recommendation it and I never okay, thought
1: I, it. this would be my recommendation. Try the okay. whole thirty. <laughs> Ooh. So I will I will I will let you know that I was incredibly stressed out with and I still in some ways am, but I was finishing up my spring term of grad school. Um, we had just gone into kind of quarantine, maybe not just, but we had been in it for a while. Um, my girlfriend was moving out of Eugene and I was helping her and I was kind of living down there with her to help kind of the process of that, but I was doing my classes and things and, you know, there's nothing to do. Um, in some ways there's a lot, I mean, I had plenty of things to do, but nothing that really made me feel better. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you turn to your vices of maybe drinking too much during the day and like, or eating too much of the things that make you feel good and comfy. So she kind of was the one that sparked the idea of trying whole 30 and man, it sucked at first, (laughs) but I feel so much better. It's just like one of those things where the concept of it is after the 30 days, you reintroduce things like maybe it could be grains, like some pasta, some rice or some breads and things like that or it could be reintroduced like legumes beans some cheese Uh, but you're you're getting rid of those things that a lot of people are those allergens that things that people are allergic to and you kind of find what your body likes and what it responds Mm -hmm. to well Mm -hmm. by just kind of eliminating any like sugar any alcohol any of those things so I've really been feeling good and it I'm excited for things to come back when the next mm-hmm. 10 days is when I'm going to go back on you know normal normalcy but I feel good and I'm afraid that I'm going to be back on the whole 30 again because I just <laughs> like the way I feel better so I mean who yeah. knows um so I okay just, I
0: have a qu- yeah. I have a couple of questions Yes so I know a couple of people that have done whole 30 mm-hmm. and I know some people treat it like a diet but what what i understand whole 30 to be is is kind of what you described as like an elimination diet with Mm -hmm. the intent to discover things that might not be good for you it's not it's not meant to be like i'm gonna like oh i need i need to reset my body like i'm gonna go do Mm -hmm. a whole 30 and get back down to the weight that i that i prefer to be but Mm -hmm. it's to to learn what your body might have reactions to and figure out things that you might need to avoid that you had previously been eating. Yeah. So are is there anything that you've discovered or do you feel like you're still in the exploration phase? I would say I'm still
1: slightly exploring, but mm-hmm. I would say I have found that my body responds to a normal eating schedule and it responds to... Um, well, the, the hardest thing was you your body is so tired the first like 10 days of this because Mm. we're so used to the processed um, grains the processed sugars all those things that give us that quick amount of energy you know adding a little bit of cream to your coffee those kinds of things Mm -hmm. Um, and so when you can't have them your body has to look for other ways to energize and you know kind of get moving and so we were really both like lethargic and kind of angry all the time the first 10 days until mm-hmm. you really like learned um, what foods kind of energize you or just how to your body just kind of naturally figures out um, how to use, use these uh, the protein and all the things. And I don't know, I don't know enough about dieting uh, <laughs> and nutrition. No, David, to, tell to,
0: me more <laughs> about the protein.
1: <laughs> but basically, you know, I just, I, I don't, I don't crave the things that I I mean, I have, yes, I have dreams about ice cream and, and beer, but, um, like we were at the store today and I'm excited to buy vegetables. It's weird. I, I really, I just like, you kind of get so used to these and you can make some really good food. It, it is, I, you do get a little tired of sometimes eating the same things over and over, Mm -hmm. but tonight we're making stuffed bell peppers and, uh, it's only the second time we've had it on the whole thirty, so I'd say that's pretty good considering we haven't had a meal like three or four times. It's all been kind of different. Roasted mm-hmm. vegetables will become your favorite thing. And potatoes, I'll say that. You're allowed to have like <laughs> sweet potatoes and potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um they really kind of help you get through a lot of things. But and a lot of you know, another question that I've gotten a lot about it is uh is it easier in quarantine to start whole thirty or is it easier when you're in your regular life, and I would say it's easier now. If you're gonna try it, mm-hmm. there's a lot of reasons why you should try it now because there's not um, the urge or the ability to go out and drink with your friends or go out on the town. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have the ability to work from home, like a lot of us do, but some maybe not. But if you have the ability to do that, you have the ability to cook for yourself. So a lot of the th- I've heard from people who have done it you have to meal prep a lot because mm-hmm. the vegetables don't stay good for a whole month. You know, you have to be buying groceries a lot, but mm-hmm. you have to mm-hmm. um, prep your meals and you can get really bland if you prep your, your lunches for a whole mm-hmm. week, you know? Mm-hmm. So the thing about this is when you're at home, you can, you can cook up something that's good and fresh for every meal. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm a big breakfast guy and a lot of my breakfast things like basically the only thing i can't really do is add butter to my eggs and i've been getting over that it's okay <laughs> you know um you can survive without the butter i can um you know but you can make some really great breakfast breakfast food um and but so so anyways i would say in a lot of ways it's easier during quarantine the one thing is being at home all day like you do like oh let's have a drink. You know, that's the one thing at first mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, it's time to have a drink. It's drink clock. Mm-hmm. Cause every mm-hmm. hour of the day is drink o'clock clock right now. Um, <laughs> but I would say if you're, if you're curious, now's the time. Um, the one thing you may have to go to the store a little bit more, which is not maybe the recommended thing right now. So if mm-hmm. you can buy like some frozen veggies or, um, you know, bulk chicken that you can freeze and then thaw and cook up and mm-hmm. do in different ways, things like that. So if, if mm-hmm. you're, if you're interested in trying it, Ooh, voice crack. Um, try it now. I I honestly okay. think it's a good time. So that's my rec. Because um, you know, I think it's it, it's good to try new ways to feel healthy right now. Because we all are going through this. You know, the new abnormal, like we were talking mm-hmm, about. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this has been a way to kind of keep me motivated in a different way. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. got me excited about when I'm done with it, but also like how I feel. Um, So we're all kind of looking for things to kind of occupy us and keep us excited about life. And I think this has been, been one for me that's really helped.
0: There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something that I've been thinking about. I feel like I'm really close to, to already doing it in Mm -hmm. some ways, except for the drinks, man. I, I, Mm -hmm. I've been noticing like every, every night it's like, all right, now it's time. Now it's time to have a beer, have a glass of wine, make a cocktail because it's like, it's like, I feel like there's, there's nothing to like look forward to right now. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's very strange. So it's, it's easy to, to, to lean on those little things.
1: And I mean, and you don't have to be that responsible person. You're not going out to drive anywhere. I mean, so Mm -hmm. what's, you know, you're not, you're not going to be, um, endangering anybody because you're not going to go out and drive. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're going to be watching a movie, like movies are always better with a cocktail, you know, things like that. So,
0: yeah. That, I'm trying to I'm trying to limit one per day just to be aware of it but I think yeah. I mean I might even step back away further than that cuz it's like I don't know man it's too easy it, it's too easy to make that like the separator mm-hmm. between my my work day and my evening you know what I mean Yeah and you know so. for me
1: I just finished up my term with grad school right now so I'm actually not really in I don't have work right now or a job mm-hmm. so <laughs> Th- that's the danger zone where you do <laughs> Yeah, for you, sure. You know, so I have to find those things that are pushing me forward. I know I'm starting school again in June, and I do have a job upcoming for next school year, but it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where this this month long uh, once I'm off, whole thirty could be dangerous. So I, I you know, I'm mm-hmm. exercising more, finding new ways to keep motivated. So I think rec wrecks right now, I think honestly, mm-hmm. are like wrecks for how to deal with what we're going through because totally everybody has different responses to this and ways that they feel better. And this has been one for me.
0: So maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe you have one for like a rec for getting through it. Maybe that's your rec. Maybe you have another one. Yeah. And my, my recommendation and I'm, I'm late to the game on this. So I realize that I, I might be recommending this to a crowd of people that are like, yeah, we're already doing that idiot. (laughs) But this is my recommendation. If you're, if you're stubborn like me and you don't listen to people like me, (laughs) listen to me now. (laughs) <laughs> watch watch Westworld. Oh, okay.
1: Do so you watch Westworld? I watched the first season when it first came out. Okay. And then so I, I didn't I,
0: watch season two. So I I haven't watched it at all, but we started watching it yesterday, so we watched like the first four episodes. And it's like mind blowing, dude. So I, I I started watching it because I saw that Aaron Paul is in, season in the three. third season. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get through. You know what I gotta get through to get to the Aaron Paul section mm-hmm. of the show. Yep. And it's so good, dude. It's okay. like shocked me.
1: the The first season, um, what I've heard because I haven't watched. I've watched the first episode of season two, which was fine. But I just mm-hmm. it was one of those where you watch it and then you move on with things and you forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, season one is so rewatchable because there's it's kind of just. I won't say anything else. It's just it the story is so cleverly done, and it is mm-hmm. mind blowing, like you're saying. So it, it's one of those very rewatchable and just like you learn more every time you watch it type of mm-hmm. shows, especially the first season. I think. Yep. Um, yeah, it is definitely a crazy, and it's also just like, I mean, did you know it was based off of a movie?
0: Yeah, Ashley mentioned
1: that. Yeah, Ashley yeah. So, that. yeah. Um, my my parents were the ones that told me they're like, oh, that was a movie in the '70s, and mm-hmm. it's much different, but it's the the concept is just so cool. And so
0: in a way relevant, cause it's just a, you know, technology nowadays, but yeah, dystopian dystopia. Yeah. yeah, that's for sure. So, so like, Yeah, I I have this like anxiety as I do with every show that I watch that I that I really enjoy, which is like that the subsequent seasons are going to suck because like the first one is the one that everything was built around. So Mm -hmm. it had to be like impeccable. Yeah, so we'll we'll see when we get there. But so far, I'm loving it and other people should watch it, too.
1: Yeah. Oh, I would recommend it, too. Um, It's I've been on the trashy reality dating uh, shows right now which mm-hmm. has never been me never mm-hmm. um but god i love them
0: i i can't understand the bachelor, the bachelor it, is like the one that i watch the bachelor is uh-huh like perfection encapsulated which i didn't understand until i started watching the bachelor i thought it was a stupid show but it is it is incredibly well made the editing is mm-hmm. is I don't dude. It's, it's infallible. Like it's perfect, but, <laughs> but I don't know. Okay. So, so if you're, if you're a bachelor fan,
1: I would recommend you, I'm sure you've heard of love is blind, right?
0: Okay. So I, I watched, we watched the first couple episodes of that, but I couldn't get mm-hmm. into it because like, I just didn't trust anybody. Like I didn't trust uh-huh. anybody's reasons for being there or any of it to be like for real. Mm-hmm. So like once, once they got to their, but you can with the, the bachelor. Resort, yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm not going to try to explain, I'm not going to try to explain <laughs> my gut level feeling about these shows, but, uh-huh. but I just, I couldn't, once they got to the resort and they were like out in the real world for the first time, I just like, I mm-hmm. couldn't, I couldn't buy it, man. I couldn't do it. Dude, that, that was when it got good for me. Like I liked the
1: pods too, but once they're out, in real life and you see and you know you know that a lot of it's just like for show and how they cut it and they're like okay you guys are angry mm-hmm. let's let's mm-hmm. film right now like that kind of a thing and you know like when you do different things on camera that's just how it is like right now i'm probably a little bit different than i would normally be but um there's just something so that you you can relate to them in ways that's just what i have found is like you see Oh, I'm I'm more like this person. That's like my personality, but that wouldn't cl- mm-hmm. click with me. And so, I, and and you know, you root for people in ways that you never thought you would. It's weird because you mm-hmm. see you see bits okay. of yourself in them. So that that's what I would say. And then another show I'm watching right now because I want, loved Love Is Blind. Watched it in like three days mm-hmm. with Lily. Um, mm-hmm. too hot to handle. I'm watching that right now. I
0: okay. saw the tra- I saw I, I saw the trailer for it, and. Uh-huh. I don't know to me it's just like a hilarious perspective on a show but I Mm -hmm. I I struggle to like actually watch it but tell tell me tell me why I should okay here's why you should it
1: has bits of kind of all reality shows in my opinion I get Jersey Shore vibes because some of the people on it are just very Mm -hmm. just not good just there's so a lot of them are so self-centered right which Mm -hmm. you i know jersey shore is like one of your favorite reality shows of all time okay Mm -hmm. am i correct Mm -hmm. okay so yeah i mean it's been forever but yeah it has elements of that um and then it also has some really touching moments like uh okay so the first episode i'm is arguably the worst i'd say because they all come. They're all these beautiful people, and they talk about how they have sex, sex, sex. They they're so beautiful. They don't have to try because everybody loves them. Mm-hmm. And you're like, gross. Like, I don't, I don't like these people. And mm-hmm. and so, anyways, and then the, there's this narrator, and the narrator is a little weird. I will say, but she's like, oh, little do they know the sex ban is coming in twelve hours. So it's it's kind of funny. The reason why it's so intriguing is they. They can win a hundred thousand dollars, but all of their money is affected when any of them breaks the rules of kissing, sexual touching, or having sex, mm-hmm. or even self gratification. I won't get into mm-hmm. detail, but mm-hmm. so, anyways, what happens is people start breaking the rules, and they start getting super like, it's like Hunger Games, that like who's doing it, like it just, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of interesting, and then you there's like these hidden agendas, so it's kind of like these storylines that you don't have in love is blind or the bachelor mm-hmm. it's a little bit different and it's and it's, you know you have the the group house like one of those kind of reality things and it, it surprises you i'm we're only good. like three we're actually we're starting the fifth episode but there's some people that are genuinely good on that show like there's some people that i could not i i'm gonna butcher that line i don't like at all because i think they're genuinely not good people Mm-hmm. But there's a guy named David who's such a good guy. Of course he is. <laughs> I love him. He, well, he develops this relationship. Okay. Well, okay, I'll just tell this. He develops a relationship with someone, um, kind of early on, and then his boy Sharon, uh, really starts falling for her. And you learn about. So they they kind of have a thing, but then he puts up his wall. Sharon does with Rhonda, and. <laughs> and so they have such a cute couple's name Sharonda. i know um (laughs) and so they uh he kind of pulls back a little bit so Rhonda's like well i'm gonna go on like kind of like a date with david because david kind of fancied her he's british he says fancied oh there you go yeah he liked her and so they kind of connect and you know she's you can tell that she's she likes him but she she Mm -hmm. wants sharon to open up and so they can maybe make something of this and they they've Mm -hmm. accepted their new reality of like okay we're not supposed to break the rules but we want to get to know each other better so anyways david goes out of his way to talk to sharon and like be like what's going on because like he he instantly shuts down because he sees that david's talking to her again and Mm -hmm. it's really cute it's like the sweetest moment where david like you see in this confessional where he's talking about I can really tell how much he cares about her. And he like talks to him. He's like, I will step aside. But what I need you to do is like, be vulnerable, be weak. And all these things like for this person, like put yourself out there because like you guys could actually make something of this. Cause they mm-hmm. have a connection. And so you see, cause Sharon has had like a, like I want to kill you eyes the whole time. And then you see him look down and he looks up and he's like smiling and they're like buds on the show and they, like hug. And you're just like, Oh I don't know. It was like, I know it was probably like a little bit scripted, but there was Mm -hmm. something about it that was just very, very natural and very like just kind. And like, you just feel good when you see things like that, even if it's on a trashy reality dating show on Netflix where the people are all on it just to get more Instagram followers to make more millions Mm -hmm. than they already do. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's beside the point. So my rec is if you want some good reality TV to binge right now, those Netflix shows are gold.
0: Okay, okay, okay. How do we Netflix, do this sign Netflix out thing? Date, ne, wait. So I want to. I just want to recap. Yes. Netflix dating shows. Mm-hmm. Westworld. Yes. Whole thirty. Whole thirty. If you're if you're looking for something to try, then this is the time to try it. Okay, and then and then I I'm putting together a website for this. So we'll have we'll have all of our recs on here, including mm-hmm. the albums that we talked about today, so people can go. Can go check them out and go and listen. Yeah. And, our, but, and um, our tracks, right. Our tracks of the week, tracks of the week, all that jazz. So we'll have it all in one place where you can go and experience it. Yes. But, I'm, um, I'm excited to prepare better for next, next uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's, I was thinking, let's just make sure that this isn't the, the first and only one of these. Oh, hell no. I mean, we're going to be in quarantine for a good more time,
1: <laughs> but exactly. no, this is, this is fun. Um, if just for us, but maybe people will get something out of this just cause, um, I mean, I'm getting something out of this. I'm learning some new new things I need to listen to and some shows that we need to watch. So mm-hmm. anyways, it's mm-hmm. been fun. We're going to have to find a sign out, but I don't know what it'll be for now.
0: We'll figure it out. Okay. We'll figure we'll, it out. But for now, we'll see you later.
1: We should say something like, um, no, I don't know.
0: I'm I'm David. This is Brent. Good. No. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what popped into my head as the Nardwar, the doot, 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 yeah,
1: we could exactly. do that or we could do some Well we'll have like a drum fade out Or something so cue drum Fade out now